0: Church Church, he's a little fella. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to lie to him. Like <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house tonight, isn't it? Amen. And uh, I sure appreciate the privilege and opportunity to be here. I'll say this. I appreciate the good singing. Uh, you'll not find a better choir um, uh, than than what Willow Valley's got there. they they uh, always a blessing. Y'all always a blessing. And uh, I, sure, I sure appreciate y'all coming out tonight and uh, appreciate the good singing amen Amen. and uh, you might as well smile we're here to have a good time in the Lord Uh, it's all right I don't bite Um, I get I get loud every now and then but I don't bite I promise you that but uh, I was thinking about this about uh, uh, about being saved I know you're not saved on feelings but I'm glad to have something that you can feel Amen. amen I'm glad to have something when a choir's singing, or when a preacher's testifying, or when a preacher's preaching. Even uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the Spirit of the Lord lives and dwells inside of us, that are believers, and it is something that you can feel. If you can't feel anything, I'd be worried. Uh, but I'm thankful to to know that I know that I know that I've been born again, and uh, so it, that's just a blessing, isn't it? And uh, we say that a lot, uh, but uh, if we really get to thinking about all the benefits that the Lord's give us just in salvation, um, it, it's just amazing. And so uh, good to see this number out tonight. And uh, it's the first time I've ever been here. Uh, only person I know and, and claim to know is Brother Keith and his family. His dad, I've met him. I told him usually time I come over here, I end up $100 less in flowers. Uh, but, um, but I appreciate him, I appreciate his friendship. And I'll say this to the church uh, um, about Brother Keith. Um, you're worried now, ain't you? I'll just stop right there. <laughs> now I'll say this. Uh, he's got a good testimony uh, among the community and uh, workplaces, building supplies and different things like that. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing for a church. I'm glad to, uh, when a uh, church that you don't have to uh, hang your head when somebody mentions somebody's name. you got to go, oh, yeah, they go to my church. Um, but, uh, but that's a blessing to have a good testimony and we ought to all strive for that um, I know the world's looking to pick us apart um, or not be anything that ought to stick to us uh, as far as their, uh, what they say about us but anyway I'll, I'll end up doing a lot of talking I, I told brother Chad I was like brother you don't want to put a picture on that flyer uh, that'll surely run people off I sent him a picture of Joel Osteen to put on there <laughs> And uh, I said, I said, if you want, if you want to pack it out, I said, you put old, old, old Smiley on there. And uh, but, uh, but but he didn't. And so I'm, I don't even like to look at myself. Uh, but you have to look at me. But uh, uh, but it's good to be in the Lord's house. I appreciate. Um, listen, what we're doing here is serious business, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, of utmost importance in the day and time we're living in. We're in closing hours, folks. Uh, this thing isn't, isn't going to last much longer. Uh, but I, I want to keep on going till he ca- calls us home. And so it's important for revival. The, the question's asked in the psalm, Psalm 85, Wilt thou not revive us again? And so we realize this, even through the word of God, we need it, Brother Ray, over and over and over again. I promise you this, this world, the cares of this life, it'll drag you down, it'll beat you down, uh, and I'm thankful for revival efforts, and I, I pray by, the, by, by Wednesday night, or who knows what the Lord gets in something, never know, but by Wednesday night, um, that you will have a, a spark, an energy, and excitement back about you, and, um, and not only that, just getting honest with the Lord again, a time set aside to get honest with the Lord, and listen, you can have the greatest, and I'm not, but you can have the greatest preaching in the world, but if you're not willing to respond, you think about Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah. You'll not find better preachers in the Bible than them, but the people at that time, they weren't willing to respond to the message. wasn't wrong, anything wrong with the preaching, but they just the people wasn't willing to respond to the message that was given, and it's the same, the same thing in our day and time. We, you can have the best preaching and the best singing in the world, but if we, if we sit there in our pride and we sit there in our uh, stubbornness, amen, Jeremiah told the people over and over, and the Lord told Jeremiah over and over that the people are stubborn people and the stiff-necked people. But if we sit there in stubbornness and stiff-necked and all these different things, you, you, can, you can be a hearer of maybe some of the greatest messages or greatest singing that you ever heard, but not make a change in your life. But, uh, but if you'd be willing to respond, always remember that, invitation time in a service, Anytime's invitation time in the service. God lays on your heart to do anything, come to the altar, whatever, but invitation time is the most important. What are you going to do with God's message each and every time that you come to church, not just in revival meeting, but Sunday morning? What are you going to do with God's message? And so I uh, just thank the Lord for that. Well, I got a lot to say in a short time to say it, but I appreciate uh, the the. Uh, the invitation to be here with you tonight, and uh, Brother Chad and I remember I uh, was at, actually at a funeral um, uh, over at Cove Creek Baptist Church, and Brother Chad come up to me after the service. He said, "I want you to be praying." That's been over. That's been over a year ago. So I know this. I know that your pastors prayed, and I know that he sought the Lord, and I know that uh, you know when the Lord tells you it's time, it's time. Amen. I know any time's a, a great time to have a church service, a great time to have revival. You say, well, it don't matter. Let's just, you know, put it on the calendar. But I'm telling you what, if God's in that thing, it's unbelievable what happened. And so let's just all bind together. Listen, bind together and pray and seek God's will. I'll tell you what, let's just, let's just before I even get started, let's just all come on this altar tonight. There's not been a great move that's not started with prayer and started with people binding together. You look in the book of Acts. When them folks, when them people persecuted and downtrodden, when they got together and they did one thing, they got together and the Bible says they prayed. Then the place was shaken. Then the people spake the word of God with boldness and different things like that. So all that's able, let's just gather around this altar and pray tonight and just pray that God would help us in the meeting, be honored and glorified. If you're able, I'd sure appreciate it if you made it made a place at the altar just come pray i sure appreciate it amen we need the lord tonight we need him more than anything our heavenly father lord we come to you tonight god we just want to thank you and praise you lord for another privilege and opportunity god to be in your house tonight Thank you, Lord, for the songs, Lord, that we've heard sung tonight. But, Lord, we come, Lord, for the purpose, Lord, of praying and God just seeking your face and, Lord, bowing unworthy heads, Lord, here tonight. Lord, realizing, God, that we can do nothing. Lord, inside of us, Lord, lies nothing. Lord, there's nothing good about us. Lord, there's nothing brilliant about us. But, Lord, we realize, God, that we got to have you and your touch, Lord, in everything that's said and done. I pray, Lord, that you'd have free course, Lord, in the service tonight. I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God, Lord, be felt and manifested, Lord, out throughout every pew through the preaching. Lord, every pew, every individual, God, that we could just feel, Lord, a touch. Lord, from you, I pray, God, that we'd take it, Lord, Lord, just as it is, Lord, it's your message, Lord, for us here tonight. God, we need you, Lord, in a great way. We realize, Lord, that the devil in these last and closing hours, Lord, he's fighting, Lord, he's seeking whom he may devour. And, Lord, we realize, God, that if we don't uh, cling close to you and cleave to the cross and cling to Calvary and cling to Christ, Lord, I just pray, uh, Lord, we realize, Lord, if we uh, get wayward, and, Lord, out in the world, it'll gobble us up. But, Lord, we just pray, God, that tonight, Lord, that we draw close unto you. Lord, you say in your word, God, if we'll draw nigh unto you, You'll draw nigh unto us. Lord, that's what revival is all about, just getting closer than what we are right now. I pray, Lord, that we lay aside every pride, and, Lord, every everything, God, that would be a hinder, every sin, Lord, that, Lord, anything that would be a hindrance in the services, Lord, here tonight. Lord, I just ask God that you would, Lord, just remove it from us, and, Lord, just let us, Lord, concentrate on your word. Pray, Lord, most of all, Lord, maybe somebody here lost and undone, never been saved, never been born again, Lord, maybe somebody here, as they sung the song, saying, I know. They're saying in their heart, I don't know. Lord, they're saying in their heart, I'm not sure. I pray, God, before they leave, Lord, here tonight, Lord, that they would know. Lord, they'd have the joy and the peace, Lord, that comes, Lord, in salvation, Lord, here tonight, before they leave. And, Lord, just pray, God, that you would deal with hearts accordingly. Lord, as if we already said, Lord, we pray, Lord, that we'd just respond, Lord, to your word and your message. And, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I sure appreciate appreciate the privilege. Amen. And it is the privilege of prayer. The song says what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. And so I thank you. I thank the Lord for that. I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 12. I believe this is we've tried to pray and, and seek the Lord's will for the service tonight, and um, I believe this is where the Lord would have us, Um, Genesis chapter number 12, and I want to read a few verses in chapter number 12, and then I'll also go over and read a few verses in chapter number 13, but in Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into to a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy and five years old when he had departed out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and their souls that had been gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, to a land of Canaan they came. Abram passed through the land into a place of Shechem, into the plain of Moor. And the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain to the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ha'al on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Now, I'm not going to read it, but in verses 10 through 20, we realize in verse number 10 there was famine in the land. And Abraham went down to Egypt. And we realize that when Abraham went down to Egypt, he did a lot of bad things. We realize that he lied and told everybody that Sarah was not his wife, but his sister. And we realize that as they get down there, the Lord plagued Pharaoh. And Pharaoh actually kicks him out of Egypt for coming down to Egypt and lying to him. And verse number 20, the Bible says, And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, and his wife, and all that he had. In Genesis chapter number 13, we pick up and it says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him, and to the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. And I pray, Lord, for just a moment of time, God, that we could just push aside, Lord, the things of this world, Lord, the things that would be a hindrance to us. And, Lord, we just fully concentrate on your word tonight. Lord, help us, God, to preach. And, Lord, we realize, Lord, that we just want to be your mouthpiece, Lord, here tonight. I pray, Lord, just as John the Baptist said, Lord, that I would decrease and you would increase. I pray, Lord, that we draw close to you, Lord, in these last days. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, that for the week, Lord, here, I pray, Lord, for each and every individual, Lord, maybe somebody here visiting and, 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 and from different churches, Lord, here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the presence here tonight. But, Lord, we just pray, God, that something be said or done or felt, Lord, here tonight. Lord, that would be an encouragement to them. I pray it would be a life-changing experience to them. And, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us all. Lord, we just need you, Lord, so desperately, Lord, in these last days. And we ask that you would go with us, you would lead us, guide us, and direct us. And, Lord, we're going to give you all the honor and the glory for each and everything that's said and done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you, I want to focus in really on two verses, that be in verse number eight of chapter number 12 and verse number three of chapter number 13. The Bible says in verse number eight, talking about Abraham, and he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and AI on the east, And there he built an altar, Unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And as we already stated, he goes down to Egypt, gets in a mess down there, gets kicked out of the world by the world, which is a sad testimony for any Christian. And he gets kicked out of the world, or kicked out of Egypt. And the Bible says he went up out of Egypt, verse number one, takes his wife and Lot, and he has all this other stuff with him that he got while he was down there in Egypt. And it says that he goes back in verse number 3 and he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. So two times you see Abram in the spot of being between Bethel and Ai. What I want to preach on tonight, what the Lord's dealt with my heart and what, what I believe that we need tonight is on the thought of being in between, being in between. And if you look at just the two words, that being of Bethel and A.I., we realize this, you've probably heard it preached a million times, word Bethel means the house of God. And then the word A.I., the, 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 the place of A.I. means a heap of ruins. And it, 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 I believe this with all my heart, that in the day and time that we're living in, is that there's a lot of people in present day want to camp in the same place. That being between the house of God... And between a heap of ruins, could we say this: the house of God is dedication, and a heap of ruins is destruction. And most people in 2019, born again, saved, born again by the grace of God. I believe before this, Abraham is a saved man. We read over there; he's 75 years old at this time when he leaves um, out of uh, leaves out of. Um, the, the place where he was there just left me all that, uh, all that quick. It leaves out of Ur of the Chaldees, excuse me. And uh, so he's 75 years old. He's saved. Listen, we know Abraham, he is a great man of faith. And so here we have somebody that's saved, born again by the grace of God. And the Bible talks about over there in Hebrews, by faith, Abraham. He took his journey into a country where he didn't know where it was, uh, where the Lord had him, and all these different things. But we also realize this, just as we can apply to ourselves, I'm thankful for the Bible. It tells us a lot of good things about men. It tells us a lot of mistakes that men made. And when I look at men in the Bible, such as great as Abraham and great as some of these others, great men of God, close to God, men of faith, heroes, mentioned in in the Hebrews chapter number 11, the hall of fame of faith, that we also realize that they made some mistakes in their lives. And so that, does, that gives me a blessing in knowing even though I'm saved and born again by the grace of God, I'm not going to live a life of perfection and neither are you. If, you. if you're here and you're perfect, I'd like to meet you and shake your hand because you're the only person I know and it's contrary to the Bible, so you're lying anyway, amen. But uh, we realize, listen, we're all, we're all sinners saved by grace, Brother Kenny, and we're going to make some mistakes and... I see in Abraham's life, just in this instance, two times the Bible says that he's in between. He's between Bethel and Ai. I want you to notice also in Genesis chapter number 20, turn over Genesis chapter number 20, I want to read one verse. Genesis chapter number 20 and verse number 1 before Abraham gets in trouble again. It says and Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And so we see once again Abraham is in between two places. The word Kadesh means holy, and the word Shur means uh, it means um, a wall. Or I, I, I attributed this to this a wall. You think about a, a, a wall. You think about it as something that's hard. So between holiness and hardness that you would say that you find Abraham in the second thing. But I think about the word that the Bible says of him being between places. The word between, you'll find out this week, I'm a big word man. Every word is in the Bible for a reason. I believe even all the commas and periods and exclamation points, it's all inspired and it's all perfect and it's all in the right place for your benefit and for my benefit. But the word "between," when he says "between Bethel and Ai," if you look it up in the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary, if you look up the word "between," it means in the intermediate space. It means without. It says it means in the intermediate space without regard to distance. And so, when we think about Abraham and him being as a, in a position, the Bible says that the Lord spoke to him there on the plain. And he removed from thence, and he, he, he went on and sojourned on, and he stopped at a place that had Bethel on the east and Ai on the west, and we realize that he's in a place of in-between. The definition of the word means it's in the intermediate space without regard to distance. So I, I'd, say, I, I'd say this. Let me do this. Brother Charles, if you'd stand up, with would you stand up and just move right out here for a second? Brother Chad, would you stand up and move over here for just a second? All right, I believe this church probably laid off pretty good, isn't it? As far as everything even and square, all the pews look good and even and all that stuff. So if, if I am in between, or if I'm standing here, I already told you where I was. If I'm standing here, where am I in accordance to Charles and Brother Chad? I'm between them. If uh, let, Let's do this. If Brother Charles is the Lord, okay? And brother, brother Chad is the devil. Most people already say preachers are the devil anyway. That's why I made you the devil, okay? But uh, if, if Brother Charles is the Lord and Brother Chad is the devil, if I'm here, where am I in accordance in between? Brother Chad and Brother Charles, I'm in between them. If I'm right here, I'm still in between them. Now, let's let's do the flip side. Because the definition of the word means without regard to distance. And so, if I'm here, where am I? I'm in between them. And if I'm right here, where am I? I'm still in between them. Now a lot of us, a lot of us good Bible-believing Baptists will say, well, I'm, I'm pretty close. That's good. Well, you're still in between. Yeah. And, uh, and then, then, then there's the group that says, well, I'm leaning toward wrong, but I'm not so bad. Yeah. Well, you're still in between. You see what I'm saying about the word in between it doesn't matter where I am. Listen, the Lord wants us to be in full fellowship right with Him, hand in hand, walking with him in His perfect will. And you know what the, you know what the guy over here on the other side wants? He wants the same thing. He wants you hand in hand with the devil. He wants you just doing whatever the devil'd have you to do. And we realize this, you ain't going to do no good in between here. I mean, you might as well make up your mind what you want to do in between. That's right. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate you doing that. Amen. But it means the intermediate space without regard to distance. It means belonging to two or more in common or partnership. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 24 says, No man can serve two masters. For he will either hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And what the Bible clearly tells us is, listen, you can't serve both. You can't possibly serve both. You can't enjoy the pleasures of sin and have a hand toward God at the same time. It's going to do you no good and it's going to do nobody else any good either. You think about the sayings of something being in between. There are sayings that we say. You ever talk about, uh, you ever get in between gears? You ever done that before? If you're Listen, if you're, and when you go out to your car, and you go, if you're in an automatic park, reverse neutral and drive and so if you're in between gears where are you you're in neutral and you ain't going forwards and you ain't going backwards you're just you're just in neutral you ever got you ever got something between gears? i got an old 700 uh, f-700 dump truck and it's got a two-speed axle and I'm 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 an awful truck driver. I'd, I'd never make it truck driving. I was driving that thing Saturday. I went to the store to get some diesel, and it's got the it's got the 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 switch on the on the gear shifter there. And there's a certain thing. There's a certain way you got to hit that thing to get that axle to switch from high speed to low speed. And I was coming around 321. It's leaf season. There's people everywhere. And I got that thing in between gears and it was rattling and grinding. I thought something was going to fall out in the highway. Listen, I was going uphill and you know what? The momentum stopped because I got in between gears. You see what I'm saying? The phrase in between gears. You ever ever heard uh, talking about politicians? Politicians are good at doing what? They talk out of both sides of their mouth. See, if they're, around this, if they're around this crowd, they say this, and if they're around this crowd, they say this. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. They're, what they are, listen, they ain't all the way one way and they ain't all the way the other way. They're in between. You think about uh, between the, the saying of being between a rock and a hard place. And you think about, you think about the, the, the saying that we use sometimes of straddling the fence. That ain't a good place to be either. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and, and being in the intermediate space of in-between is not God's will for our lives. Let's, let's not get satisfied. A lot of people throw out the, the phrase of God's permissive will. I know what they mean in a minute. Or I, I know what they mean uh, kind of sorta. I don't believe it's all, I don't know, God permits and 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 lets things happen by, by his grace and by his mercy. But talking about a, a place that is the permissive will of God, I don't necessarily see that. I don't really like that. But a lot of people use that and, and they'll, they'll get satisfied in their life of being in God's permissive will rather than His perfect will. Not saying that you're perfect, but that you're in God's perfect will. His perfect will. Being in between. Oh, preacher Vance Havner, I love to read after after him. If you ever get a Vance Havner book, take it, read it. One of the wittiest, greatest writers, men of God that you ever read after. He made this statement. He said the middle of the road is a bad place to walk. And it is, isn't it? You know why a lot of people go to a, a park or a track to walk? Because... They don't want to get run over. And if you was going to walk on the road, the worst place that you'd ever walk on the road is where, Maria? In the middle. You wouldn't want to walk in the middle of the road. I mean, you'd just be asking to go to Barney Hamptons or Austin Barnes right there if we, if we took out on the road and walked. He said the middle of the road is a bad place to walk. And he said the middle of the road is also a bad place to drive. Amen. Parker's 16 just got his driver's license. george got driver's license permits or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, you talk about an increase of faith. But uh, when uh, when, when we was taking him out and we was driving and stuff like that, he'd always want to lean toward the yellow line. And I said, son, you keep it between the mayonnaise and the mustard, okay? Let's, Let's not get over on the mustard and not get over on the mayonnaise. All right? But, but I said, if you do, and brother, but if you do, if you're going to lean one way or another, please lean toward the ditch. Right. You don't want to drive in the middle of the road. Amen? Amen. He said it's a bad, bad place to walk, and it's a bad place to drive. And he said, you know what else? It's a bad place to live. Yes, sir, the middle of the road. And most people satisfied. Just being in between. We see we can make application to the world we live in today. But I see also in the Bible some people in the Bible that were in between. In Joshua chapter number 24 verses number I think around 15, 16, 17. When he, when he makes the statement that as for me in my house we will serve the Lord before he makes that statement, he addresses the people, and he said, choose you this day whom you, who you're going to serve. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Well, is it going to be the gods of your fathers and the gods of the Amorites? Or is it going to be the true and living God? And he made this statement, he made, Brother Kenny, he made a defining statement for him and his house, and it ended up being a defining statement for that entire generation and that entire country. He stands up and says, as for me and my house, I'll tell you what we're going to do, Brother Tim, we will. He didn't say we might or if we felt like it sometimes. He said we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, he said, "This if, if you're going to stay in all this in-between business over here, children, you just go ahead and serve them. But as for me, and what what we need in today's time is some Christians that will stand up and say, I'm tired of just living a life of being in between one place or the other. Not all the way in hell and not all the way in God's will. I'm just saying. What we need is some people that get revived and dedicated in their lives, and say, you know what? What I, brother Gus? What I want strive to be? What the desire in my heart? Listen, you're gonna mess up. You're gonna fail and come short. But the desire, the desire in my heart, is I want to be in God's perfect will. I think about Joshua. I think about in 1 Kings chapter number 18 and verse number 21. Elijah on Carmel. Oh, and those prophets of Baal. Oh, there's, there, there, there was the, the great uh, competition there on Carmel. And Elijah come to all the people, and verse number 21 says, Elijah come to all the people and said, How long? halt? Now let me just halt. What what does the word halt mean? Stop. You stopped. You sunk in the mud. You stopped. How long halt ye between two opinions? And he said, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal... Then follow him. That's pretty easy preaching, isn't it? You know, people say, I can't understand that Bible. I understand that pretty good. And you know what? Every one of them understood it pretty good too. Elijah's a great man of God. And listen, he made it real plain and simple to them, brother Ray. Right? He said, how long, how long are you going to just not know? I mean, that's that's what all, all these, these prophets and the sons of the prophets and all these stuff... And listen, there was a, it's almost like they had served God a little bit and then they would leaned toward Baal and all these. And, and all, he said, how long, when he's, when he's talking to the congregation, how long halt you? Why, how long are you going to be stopped in this mess? And he said, if the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal be God, then follow him. And you know what they did? They pleaded the fifth. They didn't say anything. Brother Keith. Amen. And we find that a lot today, too. God speaks to your heart and challenges your heart, and you know good and well. I don't I don't know everybody here, but God knows you. And God knows where you're at. And listen, you can you can fake a lot of people out at church, but God sees you Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. He sees you all the time. He sees what you're looking at. He sees where you're going. He he, he knows what you listen to. He knows the words that are coming out. He knows you're down, setting you up, rising. He knows your thoughts are far off. Amen. It's God. You ain't going to hide anything from him. And people will be challenged. And they'll just say, I'll just go to the house. Appreciate it. But you ain't changing me. Being in between. Elijah himself went from Carmel to a cave. That's a great man. This is you say, preacher. I've, I've never, I've never, I've never been in between. There's a whole lot better people than you and I sitting here today. That's been in between before in their life. And if you're honest with yourself. I'll be honest. I I, I, I ain't going to tell you. I'm just super spiritual. And I've never had time. Even after being saved. Just like what was said about Abraham. Even after being saved. Brother Ray there's been periods in my life. Where I hadn't been. Where I needed to be. But let me say this. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. You don't want to stay there. Don't be satisfied with being in between. I think about Samson, between having the Spirit of God on his life with great power and great might, in between that and having no strength and being made a fool and made sport of and all those things. You know what he did in the time period of his life between having. The spirit of God and then being made sport and losing all of his strength. You know what he did? He played around with sins what he did. In Samson's life he kept on. Listen, you can live a life in between. I I guarantee. I know the Lord wouldn't talk. I guarantee there's somebody here. You're living a life in between. You're doing the church thing and you're doing your own thing. And and you're you're indulging in the pleasures of of the world and the pleasures of sin for a season. But I tell you this, you'll end up one of these days, you might, you, might, you might carry on like that a little bit, but one of these days you'll be like old Samson. That's what happened to him. All these different ones. We think about being in between. Revelation chapter number 3, he addresses the Laodicean church. And we are in the Laodicean church age. We don't have to be the Laodicean church. God help us not to become the Laodicean church. But we are in the Laodicean church age. That is fact. But you know what they was? He said, you're not hot and you're not cold. What was they? There's in between. See there, in between. What he's he's saying in that, now get a hold of this. Being lukewarm is more dangerous than just being flat out cold. Amen. That's what what he's saying. He said, I wish that thou wert hot or cold. But you're lukewarm. And you know what that does? It makes God sick. I'll give you that. Oh, I'm going I'm to run around. In the parable of the prodigal, or in, in the account of the prodigal son, man had two sons. One son, he took his living, went into the world, Wasted it, end up in the hog pen. He come to himself, thank God. That's what a lot of us need to do. We need to recognize where we're at. We come to himself. He said, I'm going to go back to my father's house. And I'm going to say all this and I'm going to say all that. And you know what he did? He took a step toward home. And you know who come meeting him out through there? Was the father. But then also, he had another son. And I've preached on the prodigal son time and time again and never preached much on the other son. What'd the other son do? You have one son that's the sinning son, and you have one son that's the self righteous son. In his own testimony, he says, you know, I've, I've been here, Absolutely. and I've if you notice down through his testimony how much he says, I, 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 and I've not done this, and you've never killed me a fatted calf, and you've never given me a robe, and you've never put a ring on my hand, and all these different things. The self-righteous son, That's right. come on, Richard. you know this, he never come back in the house. testimony of the Bible. We have no account. His father, listen, his father come to him just like he did the sinning son. And his father come out to him. He's out there outside pouting while this having a time back there in the house. And he's out there pouting. But he never, the self-righteous son never Never come back in the house. And so, you know what I see in that? Self-righteousness is more dangerous. Lukewarmness is more dangerous than just falling headlong in the sin. You don't need to do either one of them. Don't get me wrong. But just falling headlong in the sin ended up in the hog pen down there. Listen, he come to himself and he come back to the Father. The self righteous son never, ever, ever come back into the house. That's how dangerous it is. I don't know. That's all. I don't know how I got on that. I do know how I got on that. The Lord told me to get on that. I want to talk about this place in between. That was a long introduction, wasn't it? Now you're starting to get nervous. I don't wear a watch. Do I? Never have. I never will. And most churches. Most churches even put a, a clock on the wall somewhere. You ain't done that. Bless your hearts. <laughs> I want to talk about this place in between. I want to I show you about five, six things, and I'll be done, okay? First of all, the place being in between. Number one, it's a place of confusion. We even look at Abraham and read of Abraham And we know Abraham, as I already said, as this great hero of the faith. But we look in these pages and we look at him and some of the decisions that he's making in his life. And we're looking at that and we're saying, wait, now over here in Hebrews, it's talking about what a great man of faith it was. And what that is, if we didn't know the rest of the story, if we didn't have the rest of the Bible, if we didn't know what Abraham did later on in his life, what it is is, it is a place, him being in between. It's a place of confusion. Yes, it is, you realize that when we live our life in between one and the other, it's a life of confusion. Yes, First of all, it'll confuse your legacy. People, uh, we've said this a million times at funerals, you preach your own funerals. And if you live a life of just being somewhere in between, it's confusing. I'll say this. You ever read an obituary before and you know the person real good? And uh, they write the obituary up and you're wondering if it's the same person that you knew that died? (laughs) Ever done that before? I've done that a lot. I started... Couple of funerals, I started to get up and say, "I'm at the wrong funeral. They're talking about the wrong person." You might as well laugh as to cry. That's not, it's the truth. Yeah. You know why it is? You know why it is that you do that? Because they've lived a life in between there somewhere. You knew all the rottenness of them, and the meanness and the illness of them. But then maybe they made a profession of faith somewhere down the line, and everybody's talking about, "Oh, just what an angel that they are." Confusing. It's a confusing legacy. You think about, not only does it confuse your legacy, but also confuses your loved ones. Living a life in between confuses your loved ones. And you can look in the life of Abram. When Abram decided he was going to go into Egypt, thank God he did come out of Egypt. But you know what else happened? Lot developed a taste for the world that he's never able to get out of his mouth. Oh, he developed a love for the world because at this time in Abram's life, the leader, the spiritual leader in his life, at this time, he's in between places, see? And it's confusing to his loved ones. May I say this to us? if we as parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, people of the community, whatever, if we live in a constant state of living in between, all we're doing is confusing our young people. Amen. If we don't settle in our hearts, you know what? Sunday morning I'm going to church, and Wednesday night I'm going to church. If there's anything else, Anything else, as the commercial says, be uncivilized. But anything else is going to be in between. I thank God I had parents. Listen, we didn't didn't wake up and ask if we were going to church. We didn't wake up and and say, uh, it's Wednesday night. I don't know if if I'm going. I didn't wake up on Wednesday. We didn't come home from school on Wednesdays. And say, are are we going to church tonight? It's Wednesday, but i got a lot of homework and all this. It was, was it? It's never a question. It was never a question. But I see in today's time in my church, in your church, and probably in your church, we got a bunch of parents and grandparents and all these different things in there. And what they're doing, they're living a life in between. They don't know if they're going to church or a ball game on Sunday. It's in between somewhere. Amen. That's the truth. It's killing and crippling and it's confusing a lot of young people. They don't know what's important. If, if, if they're not shown, if they're not shown it's important. If they're not, if they're not, if they don't see in mama and daddy that listen, they're going to try with all their heart and their heart is to serve God and love God and keep His commandments and try to worship and pray and sing and and be faithful and all these different things. Listen, if they don't see that, what do they see? Confusion. It confuses loved ones. And not only that, it confuses lost people. Amen, amen, and amen. Living a life in between. It's confusing to a lost and dying world. Hey, listen, if you're one of those, I, I hope that you're not, and you, you probably, I, I don't know, I don't know what you are. But if you're one of those, when you're with the boys, and you're cussing, and you're telling dirty jokes, and all that stuff, and then the next time somebody sees you, you're at a church house on a, on a church bench, and you're, you're trying to act like you're, you're spiritual and stuff like that, you know what that is? That's confusing to lost people. That's confusing to your community that you live in. That's what it is. And what it is, the problem with it is, is you're in that life of in between. Well, we're not shouting yet, are we? But I promise you this, it doesn't confuse the Lord. God knows you. He knows you're an open book. You're not going to hide anything from Him. You can run. You can run. You can. I don't recommend it. But you can run. But you can't hide. It's a place of confusion. Secondly, let me say this. It's a place of conflict. You see, not long, in chapter number 13, he comes back. He's at a place between Bethel and Ai. He comes back from Egypt, and he's got all these flocks. And all these herds. And you know what happened? There's strife between Lot's herdman and Abram's herdman. That life of being in between there, you know what it know what the results of it was? Conflict. Struggle. Fight. All these different things. It's a place of conflict. If we're Living listen and living in between. I'm trying to think what I want to say and how to say it. And that conflict. You know some people that are always the victim. You ever know people some people are just always the victim. They on Facebook, they always the victim. Somebody somebody always done it. Uh, somebody's always done them wrong. Somebody's always made them mad. And somebody's always been a hypocrite to them. All these different things. Just drama. Drama. Drama all the time. Con, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, living a life, trying to live a life dedicated to the Lord and close to the Lord, you know what it brings to you? It brings great peace to your heart. Bring, it, it, it brings great peace to your home, to your life, and and you're you're just your mind's just on serving the Lord. Let everybody else do what they're gonna do. But your mind, but I, I I find sometimes in people's lives when they're living that life of in between, there just the world's against them all the time. I don't get it. You got, I mean. I know the world beats you down sometimes, but I thank God there's joy and there's peace. And that, listen, if you want to watch Fox and CNN and all that stuff and be depressed all your days, go ahead. Turn it up. My, my grandmother, turn up. Just Blair, Blair. She couldn't hear good. Blair Fox News 24-7. And go in there she said, like, I don't know. I don't know about that. What do you think about that miss?" I, I said, grandmother, you just be better off just turning that thing off. Get your Bible out and read it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, she's a, a great Christian lady. But for us, get in God's word. Yeah. Study your Sunday school lesson. Yeah. Quit worrying about everything in the, that the world's going on, all the conflict, all the trouble. It's a place of conflict, that life of in between. Thirdly, let me say this. It's a place of close. In and being, and this is why I said earlier, people get satisfied with just being close. Yeah. I'm close to it here. I'm close to it. I'm close to dedication. And then I'm also close to the de- destruction. You know? Over here's the not so bad, not so bad crowd. You know, I'm I'm not so bad down here. It's a place of close. It's a place of almost. You realize this, that be, the being in the place of between Bethel and Ai, Lot was given the choice, Brother Kenny. Abram told him, he said, you choose what you want, if you choose that, I'll go this way. You choose this, and I'll go this way. And from the position of between Bethel and Ai, he looked up and saw the plains. You know what it was? He was re- being in between. That is real close to destruction. And, buddy, he chose it. And let me say this. God burned her down. Amen. But Lot chose it. He saw all those well-watered plains. And, brother, he said it was likened to what? The land of Egypt. Where he got that from is when Abram took him to Egypt. Living a life in between. It's close. I think about a place of close and being in between. I think also in people's lives in the Bible of King Agrippa and Felix in the book of Acts. King Agrippa told Paul, as Paul come out with one of the greatest testimonies of what God had done, he just told him what God had done for him in his life. He said, God saved me. God called me to preach, and now I'm here and I'm preaching to you. And Paul looks at him and he says, I I, I know, I I know, I know God's dealing with you. I'm just putting this in my own words. And King Agrippa looked at him and said, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You know where he was? He's in between. And you know where he ended up? As far as we know, he's in hell today. Being in between. In between. Listen, Felix, in the, in the couple chapters prior, Paul does the same thing, just told him what God done for him in his life. The Bible says that Felix was trembling, brother, He was trembling. He said, I'll call for you at a more convenient season. You know where he was? He's in between. And you know where he is? He's in hell. Between conviction and conversion. That's where he ended up. Never did get converted. Never did get saved. Never did get born again. He was just somewhere... He had felt the convicting power of the Holy Ghost of God on his heart and he decided he would rather just leave in between. Almost. Almost. Man, King Agrippa was just right here. Right here. Almost. Thou persuadest me to be a Christian. It's a place of close. Fourthly, let me say this is a place of choice. Abram, in chapter number 12 and verse number 8, God spoke to him in verse number 7. He was in the plain there, in the place of Shechem, and to the plain of Moor, and the Canaanite was in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, unto thy seed will I give this land? And there he built an altar, and the Lord who appeared unto him, verse number 8 says this, and he removed from thence. Why in the world? God, the God of heaven, had just spoke to him. And he said, the Bible says, he removed from thence and drove his tent pegs in a place that was between Bethel and AI. He made the choice. It's the, it's the choice that he made. It's the choice that you'll make in your life. Are you going you gonna to settle for just being in between? Or listen, do you want to camp in a place where God speaks to you? That's where he was. God had just spoke from heaven, give him promise and all these different things. He built an altar and worshiped the Lord and all these different things that happened in that place of Shechem there. And he picked up his tent and kept traveling on I know that sometimes maybe in our lives let me ask you this when's the last time God really spoke to your heart I'm not asking them when's the last time you prayed when's the last time God really spoke and did a work in your heart I mean when it drove you to tears or drove you to shouting or drove you to lifting a hand or drove you to saying amen or, or, or when, when's the last time that happened that's the place brother Ray that's the place I, I mean some of those services you get in you don't want to get out of you just want to stay you don't want to go anywhere because listen God's speaking and God's dealing and God's moving in a mighty way but sometimes people are even seeing that and hearing that and feeling that will still yet as failures pick up and move on and say i'll just settle for over here in between it's a place of choice fifth let me say this it's a place of compromise people that want to stay in between you can call it what you want let's just let's just call it what it is it's basic that's compromise Churches by the bazillions compromising. You know what I think's funny? You might not think it's funny, but I think it's funny. Is when a church puts on a sign and they'll say nine o'clock service is traditional. And ten o'clock service is blended. And then the eleven o'clock service is contemporary. And you know what they're saying? Big letters on that church sign. We're just somewhere in between. Yeah, we don't we don't know what what we are. We're just somewhere in between. In between somewhere. They don't they don't know. People they'll uh they won't hold to the King James Bible. And they won't just say they won't just settle in their heart. There's one God and there's one Word. I mean, there's one baptism, but go down through the Scripture there. There's one this and there's one that and there's one that. And for some reason, Fruit Loops want to say, but there's 150, 250 translations of God's Word. Are you kidding me? You know what that is? We'll just stay in between. We don't want to say that it's God's perfect Word. We'll just settle for somewhere in between. There, Life of in between. It's a place of compromise. And let me say this lastly, and I'm done. The life of in between is a place of hindered communication. And you see Abram, a great man of faith. You see him stopping at his place. The Bible says this. He built an altar. He was in Bethel on Ai. It says this. He called, he called upon the name of the Lord. But you never see the Lord speaking to him. What I'm saying is this. is a place of hindered communication in his life. You look at Abram's life. And the place when he took Isaac. And took him up on that mountain and said y'all stay here me and the lad we're going to go worship we're going to come back God spoke to him there God spoke to him when he when he left the Ur of the Chaldees God spoke to him in all these places but you notice this he, God never spoke to him now you look at it and see he never spoke when he's in between the other places there of uh, Kadesh and Shur there God didn't speak to him there. It's a place of living a life of him. Let me ask you this: How's your prayer life? You know, I, I, I've I've talked to people. I know what I know what's like to be there. I've talked to people and they'll say, "Preacher, I don't feel like my prayers are getting past the ceiling." You ever been there before? I have. I'm sure you. If you've been a Christian. You know what I'm talking about. You may be there tonight. And if you examine, and and this is what I've had to do in my life, and what I've found out, and it's proved itself true over and over, it wasn't God's fault. It was mine. I was somewhere, brother, I, I was somewhere just in between, brother Chad. I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, it wasn't as fresh like it was when I got saved and born again. There's a fire lit underneath me. Man, I was telling everybody, and and even even studying the Bible, you you, know, you preachers know this. Sometimes even studying, you you think, man, I just can't get a word. I can't get a thought. I just can't. And you know what? You no, know I found out it ain't God's fault. It's usually something in my life, some sin. Something I, some somewhere, something maybe I've said, or maybe just the state of mind that I'm in at that time, just being somewhere in between. I ask you this tonight in closing: Will you settle? Are you going to settle for just being in between? You say, preacher, that's real good, and that sounds real good, and that sounds. I said this before. God's challenged you to examine yourself. Listen, it isn't about this side looking over at this side and examining them. The Bible says, "Examine yourself." That's what that's what we need to get back to doing. That that brings some real revival. Examine yourself. See where you at. Are you maybe maybe you're here? Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're here, a grandparent. Maybe just you're here. God knew you'd be here. I, knew, God knew you'd be here. God knew the message, and everything. But are you in your life? You maybe you, a young person. Listen, the devil will say, "Well, you can sow your wild oats while you're young, and then get dedicated later on." That ain't. That's what the devil's, the devil's crowd to tell you. Don't settle, even as a young Christian, don't settle for just being in between somewhere. Purpose in your heart tonight that you dedicate yourself, dedicate your life to the Lord, and God will bless you for it. Don't settle for being in between. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Brother Chad, if you'll come on. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the day and all that you've done for us thank you God for your word Lord tonight and I pray and hope Lord that tonight Lord something's been said or done God that would challenge our hearts or challenge us just as Christians Lord and realizing that Lord having been there many times Lord in our lives that life of in between Lord there's there's no real joy and there's no there's no real jubilation or no real excitement about even being a Christian anymore we're just In between, we're trying to hold to God and trying to live toward the pleasures of sin and enjoy all these different things that the world has. And Lord, we realize this, God, that's the most miserable condition to be in. Lord, just as you said in your word, Lord, even for this church, you said in your word you would that they'd be hot or cold. God, please don't let us all, my church, Brother Ray's church, Brother Chad's church, Don't let us settle for lukewarmness. Because we realize, Lord, that we'll not go anywhere. Souls won't be saved. The Spirit of God won't be felt. We won't hear from heaven. Lord, we may try and we may cry out just as Abram did. But as far as getting a word back from heaven, Lord, it won't be. But I pray, Lord, that we'd humble ourselves and humble our hearts. And, Lord, realize, God, that we need you more than anything. And, Lord, you say and you promise in your word, Lord, if we'll draw nigh unto you, you will, you will, you will draw nigh unto us. And I pray, Lord, that that's what we'd have in revival of, Lord, being closer to the Lord than what we come in the doors by the end of the service. I pray, God, that you would just do a work. And, Lord, through this invitation, God, that people would respond. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.